Kids, if you're listening, one person's mission to force her friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. I'm Heather. Hi, Ramsey. How are you today? I'm doing okay. It's almost back to school season when this is coming mm. out. That's true. I don't go to school, so it's fine. <laughs> so you have no problem with that? No, I'm actually just really, uh, as as listeners to the podcast know, I love Halloween. So just really excited about Halloween. Can't wait to go get all my spooky ghost things out of storage come September 1st. <laughs> we were September 1st, like on the, hang on, I don't want to go by that. That's a full month of prep to put all the Halloween decorations up. It's two months of prep. <laughs> no, right? no, oh, I yeah, wait till... I, I wait till Labor Day. Then the ghosts come out. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, technically, ghosts wear white, so I don't think that's the right thing to be putting up after Labor sorry. Day. It's fine. It's no, fine. Um, I'm sorry for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was better than just my banter about Halloween in August. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, thank God we have a guest today to bail us out of this. <laughs> and what a guest. What a guest. <laughs> Today on the show, we've got the author of the national bestseller, It Never mm-hmm. Ends, the host of The Best Show, and one of the hosts of Double Threat, and just the funniest guy in the whole wide world, it's Tom Sharpling. <laughs> oh, well, you're sweet to say that, Ramsey. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a thrill. No, thank you so much for being here. How are you, Heather? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, you know. I'm actually going on vacation next week, so I feel like I'm actually in great spirits this week. I've really checked out of work, mm-hmm. so it's fine. You got to get that vacation and as you got a, such a narrow window before you got to get those halloween decorations out <laughs> exactly I, got, I have the to countdown rest. has begun <laughs> mm-hmm. i gotta get some resting in before i'm decorating my house for mm-hmm. halloween also i have like five decorations for the record everyone is <laughs> like i don't like run a haunted house this is not what's happening okay. you made it sound like they won't release them until <laughs> september 1st also as if yeah. you don't have access to them <laughs> until then they are in a storage unit but that's just because i live in brooklyn and have no closets so like, that's, okay. yeah, that's just the fact of my life but, but it's, it's a brooklyn storage unit where they just start putting your stuff out on the curb uh, sure if it's if it's past the holiday that's right mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. your sweaters, they are in Mm-mm. the street come July. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, Tom, do you want to tee up what album you have brought to us today? Sure. I want to talk about the album <laughs> by George Harrison. And I know this may be an obvious choice for some people because it just got reissued and it's people are talking about it now. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it because it's meant a lot to me for my whole life, this album. Uh, It's one of the first records I ever bought, All Things Must Pass by George Harrison. I love that. Related, like, on reissues, though, I don't, now that we're talking about it, I don't know what something being reissued means in, like, 2021. Like, because it's just always there. So I'm a little confused. It's not like they were hiding George Harrison's music from everybody. That's right. I don't know what that means. It's not like it was uh, the build up to September 1st, for example, and the (laughs) Halloween uh, decorations coming (laughs) out. No, it was not hidden away the way way Heather's uh, spooky mask is hidden away. I think I also just associate that, though, with, like, the Disney movies when I was a child, where they'd be, like, coming out of the vault, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And right. I was like, what is the vault? I don't understand this. So I think I just don't understand this concept. Well, what, they, what they do a, a, 
a lot of times is they'll remaster it or oh. or kind of clean it up or they'll add this bonus tracks to it and things like this that. This makes more sense. They make it okay, more of a presentation. It. Got it. That makes it, and to sell more vinyls, I assume. But yes, go on. Exactly. oh for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tom, did you look at the Crazy Super Deluxe version of this album that's coming out? Or came uh, out? look at it. I own it. <laughs> Oh, did you? Are you kidding? I pre-ordered it two months before it was available. <laughs> is this the one, that, the one that comes in the crate? Oh, I didn't get that. That's the Uber. Okay. They call that one the literally the Uber version. And they right, might as well right. have had a car in it to drive you around. It was that expensive. <laughs> it was like, actually, it's more expensive to just take an Uber somewhere than to <laughs> buy this $1,000 George Harrison box set. When I looked at it, I was like, well, let, like, let's consider this. Let's see what we got in here. And basically they have the lawn gnomes. Like you get like <laughs> replica lawn gnomes. And it's like, well, this doesn't have anything to do with music. Yep. It's just garbage that they made. <laughs> so they can charge a, an arm and a leg on this thing. A fun game I discovered is describing it to people and then forcing them to guess how much they think it costs. Yeah. Uh, and Wait, it, tell me what was in it. <laughs> literal what was in it. garden gnomes. The big piece de resistance of it is that it comes in this crate that's mm-hmm. like it's a wooden crate that if i'm not mistaken was made out of a tree that was on george harrison's property yes that's too specific <laughs> too specific but i guess i guess it's the, they're all, what they're implying is it could be one of the actual trees you see on the cover was made out of the thing. It's probably not one of those trees. No. The, no. It's the back uh, of this trees. This 1,000% seems like a, a crate that was just bought from crates.com mm-hmm. that they are now selling to suckers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So you put your Halloween decorations in, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, as someone who works in advertising and marketing, it was just a crate from crates.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. No a fucking way. The gnomes seem like the more expensive thing to me. Well, I think you're paying but, for shipping is going to be Yeah. Brutal. Shipping... Uh, sh- Shipping a whole gnome. Yeah. <laughs> shipping lawn gnomes. No. I mean, I'm looking at the no- I'm looking at the cover right now. And mm-hmm. some of it, are they the same size? Because these are big ass gnomes. I don't know if they could be the same size as those gnomes. Like this one gnome is this almost the size of George Harrison. Yeah. yeah. It's the size of a human being. That's not even a gnome then. That's just a lawn a person. A human. Yeah. It's just a guy. Right. Yeah, it's a guy laying on his side. Yeah. I mean. While we're on the topic, should I just show the album art, Ramsey? Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. I, you're really showing yourself the album art because I was about to go get the vinyl. Yeah, because I, oh, don't leave the room, please. <laughs> How old do you think George Harrison is at that moment? Look at this grizzled oh. wizard. How old? I mean, he looks to me. God, it's so hard when black and white things. I'm just like, ugh. He seems 50, but he's probably like 27. <laughs> he's, you're pretty much, I think you more or less got it. I think he was like 27 <laughs> huh. by the time this came out. If only we could confirm that. <laughs> you mean from this Wikipedia page? <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, but then we have to do math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in chronological order. Like, where did this album fall? Like, what year is this? Where did this, like, fall within his various works this apparently is the start of his solo stuff this got is it the okay oh, 70 yeah so it, when it comes okay. out all the beatles are in competition and the reason i like it one of the reasons i like the music on it but i like obviously that's the primary reason i enjoy the <laughs> sure, sure. album um 
but there's also a spirit behind it where he is like he was he would write all these songs and then John and Paul would be just like, nah, we don't care. Like, <laughs> and then meanwhile, he's like working on this huge triple album, basically, where he's saying, oh, yeah, well, I got all these songs. You guys turned your back on me. And then he dropped this album on the world and it was hit after hit. And it's I think it's the best solo Beatles album by by about a mile. I don't think anyone else has comes close. And he just kind of blew away his big brothers who were <laughs> looking down on him and telling him he was just like a, uh, he was good for two songs, an album. <laughs> I do like this description where Richard Williams likened the album to Greta Garbo's first role in a talking picture declared Garbo talks. Harrison is free. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, Fun a, comparison. it's a huge statement of a record. I mean, it's very long, so that's something for sure. Mm-hmm. I, he had a lot to to get out. Yeah, there. He had, yeah, he yeah. had years of pent up songs to get out. Yeah, what part of all things must pass? <laughs> Fair enough. He yeah. just came out of the gate with a double album as his first solo album. Triple, Three? triple album. Oh my God, yeah. And it was Did one me- of those records where the third one, admittedly, is kind of just jammy, uh, fun bonus disc, but it okay. still was. Three three LPs. I see. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Did McCartney beat him? McCartney one came out first, I think. Yes, I believe that was the first of all the solo stuff. Yeah, like LPs. Okay. Because that that announced the breakup of the Beatles, I believe. The yeah the the press kit for the first Paul McCartney solo album. He said the Beatles are not together. Well, and what was Tom? What was your introduction to this album? Like, how did you get into this album? I bought it as a as a double cassette when I was probably like ten or eleven. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I by that point I loved the Beatles, and I got this album. And I knew a couple songs on it, but then I just got so deep into it because it was there was so much to take in. It was just like a true embarrassment of riches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like so. I, my parents were huge Beatles fans, so I loved the Beatles growing up, but I don't think I really know much solo stuff. Like, there is like, ugh, I feel like there's one George Harrison song that I, oh, it's got my mind set on you, that I really loved as a child, but also, because that's a fun party song as a child, so mm-hmm. it makes sense yep. that I loved that song. So I don't know, I'm sure I know songs off this, but I don't, from the album title, that's not ringing a bell to me. I'm. Okay. It seems impossible that I would not know something off this, like, growing up in a house that loved the Beatles, but I offhand, I'm not sure that I do. I would bet there's a couple, a couple. I'm sure. Yeah. I would, I would think so. And then Ramsey, what about you? What's your familiarity? So this is actually one of the few LPs that my mom owned and Mm -hmm. would play around the house. I was just recently visiting my parents and raided their vinyl and took took this with back with me and I realized I think I've only ever heard or I think my mom only used to play the first and maybe the second one that's funny uh yeah I've definitely heard all of it before but I I as I was ref- looking at the uh the wear and tear on these I don't think that third one got much play no your mom wasn't cranking uh thanks for the pepperoni and <laughs> what? Uh, no. I remember jeep 
<laughs> no, she uh, she didn't get too deep on those. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, shall we start this album? I think we should. Okay. Okay. And this is the oh, this is the 2014 remastered version, according to Spotify. It's fine. <laughs> a, a good year. Yeah, that was a vintage, <laughs> fine vintage for remastering. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you know more about music than anyone I know. Uh, you know that's the nicest thing anyone's <laughs> ever said to me. <laughs> what's a what's like a bad remaster? I know people complain about them, but what what happens when that happens? Well, a lot of the time, what they do now is to to um, they just boost everything, and everything uh, is louder. They, you lose a lot of of mid range because it's all mid range. And you can see people have done literal wave file comparisons on remasters versus original pressings. And like the the original ones will be like this, like, you know, like a standard wave mm-hmm. thing where it's there's all sorts of variation in there. And then the remasters will be just like a straight line of sound oh. because they're just filling every spot with sound. And I don't know if that's the thing that the technology of listening to music has changed since then, and they want it to work better in headphones and, you know, earbuds and things like that. I think they might be making some accommodations for that and really boosting everything so that it all plays through smaller speakers, which is a thing now, but it's also not great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're remastering for the lowest common denoni- denominator of, like, AirPods, like, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. gonna, it's gonna sound like fucking mush and everything else. Right. I mean, and I say that as someone who listens to most of my music through AirPods and has tinnitus, so, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, But don't remaster it for me, my hearing is bad. Nope. <laughs> this is, I'd have you anytime. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I don't I, I remember the, the feel of this song, but it's not one that stands out to me right away. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's co-written by Bob Dylan. Oh. It's one of the rare Bob Dylan co-author uh, ships. And he, you know, they, uh, they wrote this song together. Were you more of a George guy, or has it changed over time? Well, it, was, it was generally always Paul, with George being second. So, yeah, and that's kind of held held true for the most part. But I think the the underdog in everybody makes you hmm. root for George Harrison sometimes. Now, get ready for this now. I can't wait to see Heather your face when this song shows up. And you're like, I know this song. Okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. I'm getting ready. I'm gonna get my air slide out. I do think I recognize this, but I need to wait. Oh yeah, I know the song. Okay, <laughs> okay I know the song, I know the song. Yeah. Well, I also grew up in a house with, like I said, my dad was a big Beatles fan and was just the classic dad car game of, who's this? Mm-hmm. Who's this? So I, there was a lot of just like me trying to figure out who was on classic radio so I could win that game with my dad. <laughs> sure, sure, yes. And he was, he could always win the game. It's like playing driveway <laughs> basketball against your dad or something like, Yeah, he's bigger and he's always gonna win, but then one day 
Yeah. You beat him and then he never plays again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I would I would still not beat my dad at this game in Classic Rock because I was not alive. So like, sure, he has yeah. a leg up on me he might forever have the advantage, on yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my dad won that fight. I stopped playing basketball with him <laughs> before I ever beat him. I was okay. not interested. <laughs> okay, but honestly, mm-hmm. I would not have known this was George Harrison. I might have guessed this was Paul. Hmm. Sure. No, it's got that super catchy, bright thing. I could picture it being a Paul song also. Mm-hmm. And then he got uh, sued for this song. Did you know that? No. Over the songwriting, uh, they said he stole it from a, uh, from a, a song called He's So Fine. And he lost in court. And the funny thing is that the producer of He's So Fine was also the producer of this song. The guy, Phil Spector, he worked on both records. Classic good guy, Phil Spector. Classic good guy, <laughs> Phil. A rare instance of him not living up. Not being his best self. Come on, Phil. Get it together, Phil. Yeah. Do they get a... Is it the... Ronettes, who who did the He's So Fine? Do they get a writing credit now? I can't remember who get. Let me look. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm blanking. I, no, no, no. I'm no, just no. quizzing. Don't worry. No, we'll get it. <laughs> You'll get all your answers. Also, I sorry. I was then Googling Phil Spector. Well, obviously, I know who it is, but I couldn't remember if he was dead or alive. I definitely would have thought he was either alive or like very dead. Not died this year. Mm-hmm. No, he's recently deceased. Didn't, had no idea. Yeah. It was the chiffons, um, not the runnets. Although maybe I did know that because I do feel like earlier this year a lot of people were talking about the runnets again. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was because Phil Spector. I don't know. I can't oh, not yeah, remember. That's no, probably be. right. Yeah, because Ronnie Spector survived that maniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, go ahead, Ramsey. I was I just going to go on a tangent. I was just going to say this is a fantastic song, whether it was partially stolen or not. I don't care. <laughs> no. Yeah. And George Harrison always felt like he would have won the case. But here's a big shocker for you. <laughs> Phil Spector did not show up to the trial like he was supposed to. So. Hmm. Once again, a rare instance of <laughs> Phil Spector dropping the ball. Oh, Phil. Getting the vibe that maybe Phil Spector is not such a good guy. I know. I'm starting to put add it up a little bit here. Yep. <laughs> yep. That and the murder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got a fun Google ahead of you, Heather. By fun, I mean incredibly depressing. Yes. No, he was I'm a... aware of who Phil Spector is okay. and what he did. I apologize. It involves murder. I'm aware of it. <laughs> I think my first introduction to this song was a dad of a friend of mine in high school banning their daughter from listening to this particular song because it had both Christian phrases and other religious phrases in Mm -hmm. it. And so it was putting them on equal footing, I think, Mm -hmm. was the argument. Yeah, the Hare Krishna and all that. And that just made it cooler to me. (laughs) Yeah. 
Didn't you I go was, to Christian school? <laughs> I was a real rebel, though. You're really yeah. shaking it up. Yep. Yeah. And there's that the big sound that they have on this record for a lot of it. So, what other music were you listening to at the time that you were into this album? I mean, it seems like you're still into this album, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, you know, when you sure. were originally getting into it. Oh, um, like a lot of like uh, stuff that would would have been contemporary then would have been like, uh, like Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe yeah. and like Electric Light Orchestra and Olivia Newton John and mm-hmm. pop singles then. And um, along with class, what was classic rock or what would be defined as classic rock. Because it's funny because at one point, because I'm super old, and <laughs> at one point it wasn't called classic rock. It was just called rock. <laughs> and then yep, sure. it stuck around long enough that that was a distinction that showed up at one point to differentiate it from new rock. I mean, you know, the music of... Ramsey and I are the same age of our youth is now it's now classic rock (laughs) it's it's sliding in that direction which is stressful everybody (laughs) faces the music literally on Uh that and anytime anybody's like you're old it's like well guess what you will be too at the same rate I did yeah just just you ate Soon your knee will hurt going up and down the stairs, too. Don't you worry. Yes, exactly. (laughs) No, that was, um, I forget. I don't remember if it was like a serious station or something, but I was like in the car and I did. I was like on like a classic rock station and something like some 90s pop rock was on. And I was Mm -hmm. like, uh, what? Uh Oh, God. (laughs) I was like, I am going to drive my car off the road now. Goodbye. (laughs) I cannot. I have a weird opposite problem where I listen to dumb stuff like the the 40s station on Sirius. And yeah. as the okay. old people who used to listen to that listen less frequently, uh, yeah. it keeps getting buried deeper and deeper. It's like channel 600 or something. Yeah. Now. It's no Eventually longer does. four on the dot because mm-hmm. it used to be like, yeah. they'd be 40s like, 40s on four. 40s on four. And then suddenly they're like, wait, channel four? <laughs> Prime real estate we're giving over to these Benny Goodman records. It's like no well, way. Slide I mean, I do. I do know this fact because seriously, Sinatra is still currently one of my favorite XM stations because okay. Ramsey was in the car the first time I drove my new car. Sure. And I did not do. <laughs> it's like Punk Faction or whatever the hell that serious station is. Mm-hmm. Then it's like seriously Sinatra, and I don't know how to use XM radio, so I just don't use it. <laughs> like. So what number? You don't know what number seriously Sinatra is now. I think it's like my favorite number five. It's like prime real estate in my car. I don't know how to change it. Single digits. I feel like Ramsey set half of my stations for me, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to do it now. To be fair, it was just a mess with you, so I apologize. Well, it's (laughs) stuck there now. (laughs) There's also a baseball channel, which that one's not getting a lot of play either. Heather, this song is called Wawa, and it's about how uh, annoying the Beatles were to George Harrison. Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. Get, wait, I want more tea. Tell me more tea about this. 
I think it's specifically this is the era in which they were fighting over money constantly and mm. trying to sort out a divorce or like, are we going to reconcile? Yeah, and he's saying, I don't need your wah-wah. Like, shut up. I'm tired <laughs> of hearing you guys talk. Okay. And it's a good song. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good songs on this album. Yeah. it's. But how many of them are diss tracks? Uh, there's a few on this record. There <laughs> Great. Are some, Perfect. There are some diss tracks on it. This is one of them. Isn't it a pity's kind of a diss track? Tom, I get to ask you this incredibly deep cut question right now. Not not yeah. incredibly, but do you think Dear Boy was directed at John? Sure. Yeah, I definitely did. Okay. <laughs> oh, trans- I think it's crystal clear it was. <laughs> it was just saying like, just he's calling his friend Dear. Look, he still loved him. We just don't get along. It happens. I've got about six of those. Yeah. We've all got a couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got enough that if anybody needs to borrow one, I can spare <laughs> a few. Got that classic 60s fade out. Yeah. We talk about, as a big music fan, we talk about this a lot on the podcast of like, no, like, I feel like no albums fade out anymore. Like, is that just out of fashion? Like, I, like, I feel like it stopped. There was like a hard stop in like 1985 with fading out songs. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. It comes up a lot in my life. <laughs> this is another breakup type song. Breaking up with the Beatles or yeah, I think so. I think it's okay. probably more Beatles at this point. Okay. He had yet to have. I don't think he got Layla yet by Eric Clapton. <laughs> Oh. oh, right. <laughs> but Eric Clapton plays all over this record, too. It's a real oh. a real uh, collection of who's awesome who? people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, is Eric Clapton canceled right now? He's not great. Yeah, he's, I think, anti-vax? I was going to say over there with Van Morrison. At least anti-mask. Yeah, well, he's pretty anti-vax. Yeah. Oof. But who is it? <laughs> just <laughs> yeah yikes yeah somebody retweeted a Ramones cover band yelling at the knitting factory because they were going to check vaccination at the door so they cancelled their gig okay good it's like, All right, I don't want to go to your fucking super spreader event yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did keep see like seeing like a just whatever, all the New York venues saying, like, uh, you know, vaccination required. And all the comments are just like, RIP, your venue's going to close in three weeks. And it's like, no one commenting on this lives in New York. Like, <laughs> yeah. the vaccination rate is over 50%. These venues are fine, y'all. Calm down. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's not. I think you're going to be okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> Webster <laughs> Hall's going to be fine. Like. Yeah. Not an issue. Also, they're owned by AG now. They'll be totally fine. Oh, yeah. Relax. So, okay. With this being three discs, you said the third disc is kind of more a jammy bonus track thing. Yeah, I would, our, I would consider it a proper... It's a, it is like a two LP thing with a bonus fun, like... T- yeah. 
nobody would consider the stuff on the third one to be equal to the stuff on the first two. I think they just okay. did it as a fun knockoff, okay. knockaround thing. But so between the first and second discs, LPs, what mm -hmm. have you, or would you say those are like pretty equal in quality or like distribution of like your favorite songs or? Yeah, I mean, I'd give the nod to the okay. first LP over the second one, but I but there's sure. still really amazing stuff on cool. on all all four sides. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. God, I'm trying to think if I own any vinyl that's three discs. It's it's a there's not a whole lot of things that were like literally triple albums like that because the labels just don't want to. They're it's not good for business. It's like why sure. would we why would we make three L LPs? They would always try to force people who wanted to do double albums into doing single albums. Try to get them to narrow it down because they just make more money that way. Right. The only other example I could think of is Wings Over America, and I need to have a non-Beatle. Yeah. Specific. That well, I, I... the Clash had Sandinista, the right. triple LP. Um, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer had their "Welcome Back, My Friends" thing. Uh, yes, had a triple album. They're, it's a really an indulgent thing to do yeah. three LPs. So I think it it um, it's yeah. You have to kind of have the clout to be able to put a right. triple LP out. Tom, do you listen to music while you write? Uh yeah, I generally do, and it's it's um it's funny because that's kind of changed for me over the years in terms of what I can listen to when I'm working, yeah. and sometimes sometimes stuff with just too many words is, is doesn't mm. work anymore. It used to I used to be able to handle stuff with more singing than I can now. Now I kind of need more instrumental than not with stuff, or the or if there are if there's vocals. I, I would need them to be kind of like slightly less demanding of of my attention to like yeah. listen to the words. Like I could not listen to Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan or mm. Joni Mitchell when I'm writing because it's just too lyric based. I feel like in COVID, my like music listening habits have like swapped. Like pre-COVID, I would listen to music all the time on the train to and from my office. Mm -hmm. And then I would listen, I would sit with headphones on in my office and listen to music to drown out my coworkers. And now I think all I listen to, cause I'm just at home by myself is podcasts to feel like I'm not losing my fucking mind, I think. Mm -hmm. But then if I'm listening to music, I feel like I'm often pausing it to your point to like write an email to like send a slack about something that needs my like thought processing. And then I find myself just sitting in my apartment in silence for half the day, <laughs> which is feel like I, I, I may be losing my mind, but I think we all are. So it's fine. Sure. No, I understand that. There's that point where I'll pause something and then just be like, you realize an hour went by and I never started it back <laughs> yeah. up again. Right. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if you're going to know this next song. Okay. We'll see. Heather. It's Cause like I definitely do. It's not like I'm like in a ding dong and never listen to music. I know lots of music, but it's like you know. I obviously this whole podcast is about music I listen to, and I'm running out of songs. So like there's only so many albums I listen to. Who would ever call you a ding dong? <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> Probably those people I'm pausing. No, I'm telling my you. My albums to write mean slacks to. Don't tell me. Don't give me any names. Or they're going to get it. <laughs> me and Ramsey. <laughs> and you can, you can come also. I want you to get the... You look him in the face and go, so I'm a ding-dong, huh? <laughs> she said, I'm a ding-dong about music. <laughs> well, and then those, then it's just like eight guys who are way bigger than me or Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And then we get the crap beat out of us and you're like, oops. Well, I didn't let's ask be you clear. to be my I muscle. Who I, I didn't ask for that. Because <laughs> we're in the I'm hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thrown in a ding-dong ditch yeah <laughs> i mostly listen to emo music so all those people have asthma and are bad at sports so it would be oh, fine and i can that. i can say that because i'm one of them but sure it's fine mm -hmm. i mean but i have been someone a a female who has been listening to music and going to shows actively since i was a teenager so mm -hmm. i have had a lot of music mansplained to me over my life sure. <laughs> Now, does this song sound at all familiar to you? Absolutely, I know this song. <laughs> Phew, not a ding-dong. <laughs> yes. I think this is my favorite on the album. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a great song. Of the ones we've listened to so far, if you were like, which of these would be Ramsey's favorite, I would have said this one would have mm, been your favorite so far. Yeah, I, I would it, go with that. It's like poppy. I don't know. Yeah. It's got a real Ramsey energy to it, in my opinion. <laughs> Rarely is that used as a compliment. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, it's a compliment. <laughs> so who's your favorite emo band, then? Oh, God. Um, my favorite emo band. I mean, from, from high school, probably Saves the Day. Okay. Probably Saves the Day. It's not like my favorite band or musician of all time, sure. but um, definitely was my my favorite high school band for okay. sure. And whose stuff holds up the best? Um, probably the thing. Well, we haven't done much on the podcast because it's like one of those things where it's like I hold it too dear. Is um, Kevin Devine? Okay, if you're familiar. I know the name. Um, he's a songwriter. Lives in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, love it. Um, we've done like we've done a lot of those bands. Some holds up way better than others. Um, Who didn't hold up at all? Oh. Not that you uh, want to throw anybody under the bus necessarily. Well, no, I mean, we did entire albums th or episodes throwing them under the bus, so it's fine. Okay. I mean, it's a lot of the pop punk stuff that just is really misogynistic now in retrospect right. um, is the bigger thing. Um, the more emo stuff was generally, I mean, more or less fine because they were just sad about girls and not like, you're a bitch. Um... <laughs> A little less so. Um, That's not then there's, a, there's no song that literally they say you're a no. bitch. No, because they had no spine to do so. Yes. <laughs> it had to be way more whiny than that. Yeah. You'd um, almost give them credit for at least showing yeah, their true colors. That's a, that's a really like, fair point. Well, you're a total piece of trash, but at least you own it. We, we just did an album last week where it turned out one of the songs was secretly about a vampire the whole time. That one was not great. Um, it was the first time I mean, I've like ever the... been interested in emo music in my whole life. <laughs> Secret vampires? <laughs> tell me well, more. It, I gotta tell you, it was a not good album. Who is it, though? Uh, it was uh, The Spill the Canvas. Canvas. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it was a song that sounded 
perfectly normal. Just like, okay. hey, let's run off together. I think it was basically the tone of this song. But just at yes. night. <laughs> and, and, was... and, and you stop being a human when we run off together. <laughs> so it's like, let's yeah. run off together. I need to have this minivan to fit your coffin in it. Yeah, and I'll vampire you. <laughs> we'll drive at night. Yeah. Gotta no. get to a Motel 6. <laughs> Gotta arrange to get the room for two nights technically because yes we gotta can't keep we, the can't, closed we can't check out at 11 nightfall. yeah yeah no no room service no no housekeeping nope no no it was a yeah heather checked the genius annotations and we had to reread the lyrics and it was the line my fangs ache for you that okay. we suddenly realized we'd missed a major clue in the song yeah. And we'd listened to multiple My Chemical Romance, and this was the uh-huh. the more mm-hmm. <laughs> vampire-esque of mm-hmm. anything we'd listened to so far. The pride of New Jersey. They like to yeah. say they like to say we are from Newark, New Jersey, I believe I've heard them say in their thing. It's like so sp- you guys are not from Newark. That's <laughs> a, that's a Short Hills Livingston band if I ever saw one, maybe <laughs> at best West Orange. I mean, the the music of my my high school years, it was, yeah, it was half of the bands were from New Jersey. So mm-hmm. this makes, you know, Thursday, Saves the Day, sure. My Chemical Romance. And then mm-hmm. the rest are just Long Island. So it's all mm-hmm. whatever. Yes. Outer Borough. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So they all grew up in some suburban home of some sort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were you going to see the My Chemical Romance reunion shows before the COVID? My ca- they're a little actually after my time. So, I mean, would I have attended? Yes, I would have. But I would not have paid full price for that ticket. So, would have been a day of StubHub or a who can get me on the guest list situation. Sure. But I do. I like them fine. But they are they were never a band I was super into. I feel like they were like really popular when I was in college. Okay. So, I was already like a, a, a little out of it. So, the ship had sailed. A, <laughs> a little bit. Especially because like... They were such a, uh, we, as we did the whole episode, it's like, I kind of associated them as like a drama kid band, which mm-hmm. I was not a drama kid. So I was like, this is not, this is a little theatrical for me. Wait, the band that dressed in matching uniforms <laughs> and sang yeah. dramatic under string quartets, yeah. you're saying yeah, it's a drama kid band? That's the one. <laughs> the band that covered <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody? <laughs> yeah, that, that, and yeah, that, that's the one. Man, that takes some guts. Yeah, right. They yeah. covered Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Didn't I think you're right. My Chemical Romance. There's um, only way we could find out. I know Weird Al did. Yes, it immediately auto-populated, so that seems mm-hmm. like yes. Yeah. There's another Bob Dylan, so this is just a Bob Dylan song, not a co-writer. Yeah, this does just sound like Bob Dylan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did anyone not cancel work on this sh- album? Mm-hmm. If you stay, if you stay around long enough, I mean that's the other. From my youth, what albums didn't hold up? Are the ones from all the bands that are canceled now. <laughs> yeah, if you stay around long enough, everyone will be yeah. canceled. Um, Tom, what is your? Do you have a favorite song from these albums? Um. Yeah, probably uh, Beware of Darkness is way up there. I find that okay. that's one that 
means a lot to me. The title track is uh, uh, huge for me, and it's kind of that song has kind of grown in like that was not a hit from the album at all. But now you more people seem to have learned about the song "All Things Must Pass" with mm. with time, and it's a very beautiful song. And I like that some of those songs have kind of risen to the surface past like <laughs> yeah. the hits. Yeah. Uh, in terms of people's appreciation of the record. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say those are the, and I just, it's a, but it's, it, the, it definitely sets a tone as a record too. It's like a very, if you put it on, you can leave it on and you stay in the same place. Like it definitely has a feel to it. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. And I, I do very much like that. And this isn't quite, I actually kind of is in that category. So I have, I've talked about in this podcast, music I describe as Sunday morning music, which is music I just want to put on on a Sunday morning to set a vibe while I'm cooking breakfast and just having a relaxing Sunday morning. And so far, I actually do kind of feel like this fits in that, like, the genre of music that I have invented. (laughs) Oh, no, that's a great, this is a great record for that. It's very, it's got energy, but it's not overpowering. Yes. Which is like, it's, it's definitely, it's not background music by design, but it can slide into the background or you can decide to totally pay attention to it. Exactly. I'm not just saying this. I literally played, last time I played this album was on a Sunday morning as I was making breakfast. It's fair. I don't believe this for one second. Tom, come on. Go get your wife. Go get your wife. Give Heather, this is Heather's moment. You got to piggyback. My, this genre that I came up with. That you, also, okay. that you separately invented. Yes. Uh, that, uh, just give me a second. I'll show you the Spotify yeah. playlist. Uh, real serious I do have a spot thinking going on here. I do have a Spotify playlist of Sunday morning music okay. that I continually add right. to. Well, let me just quickly Google how to backdate a Spotify <laughs> playlist for copyright purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Copyright purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see this court case <laughs> go down. The judge will be just like, wait, this is not one of my cases today. Who slipped this folder into my pile of cases? This is not a case. I'm throwing all of you in jail. <laughs> yeah, you're all arrested for being yes. fucking stupid. <laughs> yes. um, your, your Honor, you'll notice that uh, Heather Phil Spector did yes. not show up today. Uh, yes. Clearly. She, yes. <laughs> Ramsey dressed like Matlock in the courtroom, <laughs> suspenders, thumbs underneath the suspenders. I mean, yes. And it's a, there's no, it's a, it's a, it's a court with no jury, just like a judge. Like, why are you putting on this act? There's no jury to play to. This small claims court. <laughs> Yeah, there's not even monetary damage. That's how small claims it is. Yeah. You have a ticket a you want to protest or something? Like, you want to say you didn't park in front of a fire hydrant? I, I come here to Zoom. You're not even yes. supposed to be here. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing in my house? I'm not even in court. <laughs> I was recently with a friend like at a house upstate who is a lawyer, and she had to get on Zoom court, and I was like, this I'm right here. This feels so unofficial. Like, why am I? I'm in court technically right mm-hmm. now. I was so stressed <laughs> out by it. No, that would put knots in my stomach. Being next, I to didn't the thing. like it. I didn't like it. 
<laughs> this is the fil most. These are the mo more Phil Spectory songs on the things where he put like that wall of sound kind of sound on. He kind of filtered George Harrison through the thing where it's just everyone playing at the same time, and it's just so overwhelming. And that was like his famous wall of sound, is what he called it. They okay. have like multiple drummers going at the same time, multiple guitars going, and it just creates just like a. It really is literally just a wall of sound. You almost yeah. can't differentiate instruments from it. Sometimes you just hear all of them at the same time. The beginning okay i have the the dumbest way to get where i'm going with this but it's the only way i know how to get there the beginning of the song reminded me of the puff daddy song from the godzilla soundtrack that samples led zeppelin but i don't know what the led zeppelin song is outside of the context of the of puff daddy sampling Cashmere. it thank you <laughs> beginning like, of this come on now or something like that yeah <laughs> Sounded. It sounds similar. No, it doesn't sound. So, I mean, I guess it does sound similar to the Puff Daddy song, but because it's sampling the Led Zeppelin. Sure, that was the, when Jimmy Page and Puff Daddy teamed up. Yeah. To celebrate Godzilla. Yes, exactly. <laughs> also, for the record, I don't even know if I ever saw that Godzilla. I, I think I just had the soundtrack. I was just gonna ask if that was a thing you owned. That's insane. No, I think that was just like really popular, and mm -hmm. on M there was a video for it that was on MTV, so I knew it. There's a story about when Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page were going to play on Saturday Night Live for the first yep. time they were going to play on it. Do you know this story, Ramsey? Are you laughing? I don't. You know it no, like, no, I, I just... And I might get some details wrong in it, but it was like, they'd never played together. Nobody's playing <laughs> this dumb song from Godzilla Live. No. <laughs> like, what are they going to go on tour together? Play yeah, Godzilla songs? <laughs> like... <laughs> So Clearly then, left an impression on me, so yeah. maybe they should have, but go on. <laughs> so they're doing the thing they're going to play for the first time on Saturday Night Live. So they're like figuring out the the uh, how this is going to work. And they're rehearsing in the, the, the SNL studio. And they were the, everybody at SNL was told, like, nobody's allowed on the floor to watch this, this uh, rehearsal. And then literally Will Ferrell just walks into the like onto the stage with them. <laughs> and then people watching the rehearsal on the closed circuit, like the, cause they're still, yeah. they're still blocking with cameras. And then you just see Will Ferrell in the shot. And it's like, what is like, that's the, that's the more guts I would ever know what to do with <laughs> in my life to be just like, Oh, no one's allowed. And I'm going to go on the stage while they, <laughs> <laughs> but also like, what were they gonna do? Fire him? That's the <laughs> beauty of it, though. That's why it's that makes it even funnier. Yeah. Okay. There's like stories. He would do certain things. Like he would show up at SNL, and like that week, he would just tell everybody he was like, "Yeah, my brother is Jerry Reed uh, from Smokey and the Bandit, and I'm here for the week." And like he would like hold the character for like an insanely long amount of time, like pretending he wasn't Will Ferrell for the. <laughs> It's just like, oh my god, that must have been the funniest thing ever. I'm just like, I I am a video producer as my job, and so I'm just imagining that in my life, and I would be so fucking mad. Oh no, <laughs> like, I would be, no you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not it's not for you <laughs> to no, have a good time with that moment. Oh my god, you're the reason why he's doing that. Yeah, you're enhancing the anecdote. <laughs> yes. 
He would have looked to, at your face being like, what are you doing? No. And been like, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. I used to, in a previous job work um, for The Onion, and people would just be like running bits and meeting, and I would just be like, okay, and so about the presentation, and everyone gets so mad at me, but I was just like, I, I, I just want to finish this meeting, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I am truly... The, the bit ruiner of meetings. I don't, I would like to end the meeting and move on with my day. <laughs> sure. Well, there's a point where sometimes it's also just like, I know you're all funny. I know you got your comedy routines. Can we I don't care. go home also? <laughs> I also, you know what else I like uh, in addition to comedy? My, not being my, with you. <laughs> yeah. Not being with you. Not being here. Literally, <laughs> not being yeah. here. Being outside of work. Yeah. It's nice also. Yeah, not not being in this office anymore. <laughs> so, I know you said this had been recently re-released. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prior to it being back in popular culture, how often would you say this is an album you revisit? Oh, I would go back to this album all throughout my life. I always went back to this okay. album. I would take huge breaks from it and then you go back and then just go all the way back in and kind of listen to it until I get get my fill and then but it's one of those ones I know I'm going to go back to also like it's sometimes there's times for me where I'll look at certain artists and be just like I don't know if I'm ever gonna get back into them like I like them so much and I think I might be done with them Hmm. yeah but this is just one of those where I know and I felt that way about the Beatles but I Or I'm just like, I don't know how I can honestly ever listen to the Beatles again after all the amount of times I've listened to them. I've never felt that way about this album, though. I always know this has like a a lot of significance for me to where I would always want to come back to it. Yeah. McCartney is one where I know the discography back and forth. But like recently I did a I sat down and I was just made a giant playlist of all the Harrison stuff, mm-hmm. including that 60-minute Moog song that sure. was awful. I can't remember the name of that album. Electronic music. That's it. Or the Wonderwall uh, soundtrack. You take your pick. I, I enjoyed the Wonderwall soundtrack. Yes. Um, do you return to any of the other Harrison stuff? Not so much. His solo career's a little... In the big picture is not the greatest in a way like he he kind of you think about it that he this album were was two insanely perfect albums that he put out at once and then the one after it was um very good and then they get a little more there's and there's a few good ones really good ones but then it gets kind of like he gets very kind of like soft rock sounding for so much of it and he's also just losing interest in music and gaining interest in like producing movies and things because he was Mm. doing all the like he produced Life of Brian for Monty Python and opened a film uh, studio and just like that seemed like that's where his interests lay more than just making music again and if you think about it he started music when he was a teenager and then now he's you know coming up on what coming up on 40 that's a long time to yeah. be doing one thing like that and not try other things so it makes sense but he definitely didn't hold my interest for a uh, for the whole time because he just it clearly wasn't holding his interest ultimately. sure um 
do want to listen to Beware of Darkness. Is that the that's the next song? Yeah. Yeah. I think is, that's the this way is, to go. <laughs> all right, skipping this one. This is a lot of songs. We're going to the next one. Well, this is an acoustic version. This is not the oh, wait. One. It's because there's so many insane things sure, on it. Sure. Oh, wait. Hold. Fixed. It's because there's so many on this weird Spotify version. Oh, I'm sure. This is the I'm right sure this is the right one, right? Yes, that's it. Cool. Yeah, so the end of that second disc of the Spotify one is Beware of Darkness, the first recorded version of Abbey Road. Sure. And then oh. a different version of Let It Down, What Is Life, and My Sweet Lord. Sure. That makes sense. I think that was... Okay. They put, like, demos or something, or, like, yeah. whatever early yep. versions on it. Yeah. So now the way that whatever, this must be like, yeah, like we were saying, like a CD version of something. This is the first song on disc two. Is that how it would have been on the vinyl? Yeah, this would be the first song on okay. side three of the LP. Got it. Okay. Proper, yeah. Got it. Yeah. And this song kind of like has, it seems like I, there's a really good version of this song because they also did the benefit concert called mm. the concert for Bangladesh, which mm. came out like on the heels of this album. George Harrison put together this big benefit to to help the people of Bangladesh, and um, there's like the, so this is the first time he ever played any of these songs live, and it's got he's got an all star band there, and it's really good. And um, Leon Russell sings this on that album, and it's really nice. It's just it's a great movie too. Also, like you realize how like makeshift things were back then in a way like where they're just like, yeah, we're doing a benefit. And then they just get yeah. it together. And you can always tell when there's like people just standing on stage, watching bands. Play. Like they were just like, oh, I'm just going to go watch where on stage. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine doing that now you're going to see like Taylor Swift and you're just like, man, let's go walk out there and watch her. Like I'm backstage. <laughs> I want to check the show out. So would, would be my preference. Yeah, right in the middle of the action. <laughs> we call that the Will Ferrell off. seats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, like, with, like, my job and just, like, my friends' jobs who are all now basically sell to work in music. Like, there are times where I'm just, like, sometimes I'm side stage for bands and I'm like, why am I, who let me mm -hmm. be here? I, why am I here? This, what? Yeah. Very bizarre. But it's the best, right? It's also the it, best. Oh, it is the best. I feel very cool whenever I have it. Yeah, it's the greatest feeling ever. I, I liken that to when the you know the, the the times when somebody else will pay for me to fly first class or business class oh, yeah. or something, and then like like when I'm flying coach, like I normally do, you walking through the plane through first class business like class, a big loser, and you're yeah. looking at these people. But I look and I'm just like you snobs who do you think you are you're so <laughs> fancy you you're not that important i know you think you're all important i'm going back with a real seat and coach and then but if i get to fly first class or business class i'm immediately I'm sitting, an asshole <laughs> but i'm sitting there and i'm just like watching these losers walk by and i'm just like hurry get out of my <laughs> line of sight you peasants i want to enjoy first class it's amazing how quickly the shoe <laughs> and when the shoe's on the other foot i become just a monster it takes nothing do we have to I, look at these people to, can you please tell them not to look at me while they're going back to their <laughs> awful seats near the back bathroom can they 
I understand these animals didn't want to pay for didn't want to pay twenty eight hundred dollars for a for a plane ticket. It's like, and I would never do that out of pocket. Oh my god! It's like, oh my god, never. Yeah. Like the time. No, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, kept cutting you off. Oh no, no, no! It's fine. It's just like I, I rarely, I, I get business class sometimes for work, but it's very. I never get first class. The one time I ever got upgraded to first class, my flight was delayed. 16 hours for the record from LA to New York. That's a that, what? Why? I should have just driven home basically, but did you get the lounge? Did you get the lounge? I got the lounge Ooh, and nice. I did get first class on like a lay flat seat and I literally I never drink on flights because mm-hmm. like I'll I'll just have this fear of getting sick. Mm-hmm. I drank so much champagne while listening to a new Taylor Swift album that I was wasted. Yes. <laughs> You got like, the pod, the sleeping pod. Yeah, I had a sleeping pod. It's the greatest and also thing I've ever been in. It's one of those sleeping. It was pods. incredible. Yeah, like I was, I wasn't even tired, but I was like, I'm gonna lay down because yeah. why, why, why would why I not? Why wouldn't you? You know, I bet has never been in one of those Ramsey. You would be incredibly correct. <laughs> I am, I, I'm just learning that they exist. Oh, uh, oh, it's literally yeah. the oh, best. Oh no, well, they don't exist. <laughs> yeah, you not for people secret. like you. Yeah. Or just for you. Only for, for you. business yeah. travelers. No, we're just making stuff up, Ramsey. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, I, fl- I flew recently and walked by an American Express lounge. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know what? I just, I got a, I have an American Express card. I just, no. I pay, I pay yeah. for Wrong. it. I should I Google watch you get bounced. How fast did they uh-huh. throw you out of that lounge? I, I Googled it first. Okay. And I do, I have the Delta Amex, so I can go in the lounge, but oh, I still nice. have to fucking pay for it or whatever. Yeah. I uh, I said, oh, I, I was Googling it, and I said, oh, it's just platinum. And then mm-hmm. my wife said, so what do you have? And I said, cash preferred. Yeah. <laughs> I got this green one. <laughs> this green American Express card. Now, if I could give any advice to any young people, if you are going to get a credit card, if you're going to get, pick an airline credit card. Just pick an airline credit card that, that takes care of you. They'll throw... It's the same credit card as any other dumb credit yes. card. <laughs> Literally, I'm not saying go get it. These are not fancy credit cards. If you have to pick a credit card, research it. They all have the same awful rates if you don't yeah. pay. You're doomed yeah. if you don't pay any of these cards. So yeah, no, you're... It's not like there's one that's going to let you skate on that. <laughs> no. So, but get a card that is affiliated with an airline. You build up miles. Then you also get in the lounge and things like that yeah. when you get that credit card. It's And it's not costing you anything outside of whatever the card costs, which everybody's going to charge you for their card. Have you ever showered in one of the lounges? What are you not. talking about? I have not. Oh, he can't know about this. I did it once gonna, just because I could. <laughs> Heather, we're going to get in trouble. I know. We're not allowed to tell the secrets. <laughs> There's showers? There's sleeping pods? We can't tell him about... All the food everywhere when you go in yeah. the. Oh my God, when I was in the first class pod, my pasta dinner was from John and Vinny's. Like I was like, "What the fuck? This is yeah. better than I was eating when I was in LA." I can't get in there. Come on, huge weight, ridiculous. Oh, but the people in the pod next to me were trying to have sex on the airplane. Just okay. for the record, didn't didn't love that. All these perks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they did get yelled at, so. <laughs> To not do that. Mm-hmm. 
Because they were clearly not being very subtle about it, if mm. I was aware of this. <laughs> yeah, if, if the noise broke through to your... your <laughs> soundproof <plane>. pod! <laughs> soundproof pod outside the planes. No. No, no, no. Yeah. Guys, who's, who's Frankie Crisp? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, put some respect on that name. So, sir, sir, sir Frankie Crisp. Sorry, sorry. Yes. I forget this. Knight of the Realm. Is that a real person? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, I believe he invented the potato chip. He. Mm, is, it, okay. is that a joke? That's enough to get Debatable. You. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> not lounge material. I, that, that, yeah. You're not. I was going to put in a good word for you, Ramsey. <laughs> oh, man. Nah. Keep dreaming about getting in that lounge. Oh, I will. Uh, Frank Crisp is a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just on, on Google.com. Mm-hmm. That does go along with where the Beatles were at this point, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was an old-timey English lawyer. And, wait, and microscopist? Is that a person who looks in a microscope? Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> I didn't know that was a career. Well, I think they might be called oh. scientists. He was a sometimes officer of the Royal Microscope Society? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Microscopial Society. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. He's in charge of the king's microscope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The king's <laughs> okay, microscope. I'm sorry. He was generous in his support of the society. Great, we love that. Donating furniture. It goes on, but mm-hmm. furniture just seems overly specific for what he donated. And also, microscopes, I'm sure, were very, are very expensive. Yeah. I don't know how expensive a microscope is. They don't get hand them out in your lounges? Uh, well... As far as you need to know, no, they do not. <laughs> Thought I got you in a corner. All right. Well, no. No. Starting to get a picture. No, we're definitely very anti-science in the airport lounge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about status, not yeah. education. No. Okay, wait. The song literally is about the scientist because this guy, Friar Chris, bought Friar... Park. Or, I'm sorry, Frank Chris oh, brought Fire Park. It was the previous owner. Which George, yeah. I did which George that. Harrison later purchased. Now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. Yes. Well, that must, be, that must be some kind of uh, life you're living where you're like, oh, the scientists that bought, that I bought this park, this, this estate from. I'm gonna write a song about him for my next album. <laughs> Boy, you're we bo- making some. Also, Taylor lyrics. Swift did that on her most one of her more recent albums. She wrote mm. a so, so a song on a recent Taylor Swift album is about the previous owner of her house, which was I forget her name right now, but she was married to the heir to the Standard Oil fortune. Okay, so maybe she took her cue from George Harrison. Mm-hmm. Is that Great American Love Story? Last Great American Dynasty. You got you there. that for me. Thank you. I love a story song. Mm-hmm. What's your f- other favorite story songs? Oh, God. Can I pull another story song right now? Um, Young Turks by Rod Stewart. 
<laughs> I don't actually know what the story of that one is. I know the song. But it's like one of those ones where he's just telling a story because it ends where yeah. he's like, Jenny gave birth to a 10 pound baby boy. Yo, yo. Like that's the <laughs> final thing. It's like, oh, the story ended with a baby being born. <laughs> but it, I don't think boy rhymed with anything. He just was telling the story of these young people. <laughs> love. I don't know. I don't know why, but your your rendition of Young Turks there made me think, is Summer of 69 a story song? But I can't pull oh, those yeah, lyrics a, quick enough while huge, hearing another song. It's a huge story song. Yeah. You know, you okay, know okay. Songs. Okay, great. I was going to say Up the Junction, also with a baby. I don't know that, huge, I don't know that song. It's a huge story song by Squeeze. I don't know either of these things. Cool for cats? That I don't have a shot in hell, do I, Heather? What? Okay. <laughs> is this like us talking about lounge things? I don't know what you're saying to me right now. It's like us talking about lounge things, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This song, I feel like this is the most peppy song we've heard so far. Yeah, this is up there. This feels like it was in a bunch of trailers in the 90s. I, mm-hmm. I have no evidence of that, but it has that feel. Yeah, no, it's, it's a... This is a fun one. It kind of does have, the, but it's like this also has that Phil Spector, like the kind of the girl group arrangements of like Ronettes and and uh, like you can hear just that big, that big full band sound that I love. That George Harrison having that beat, what's accompanying him, is very. It's also different. It's like, why would he was in the Beatles and then now he's kind of handing himself over to this other sound, which is kind of, kind of unique also. So I just clicked in further because as we discussed at the beginning, got my mind set on you is the song I mainly know Mm -hmm. from George Harrison's solo work, which was 17 years after this, which does kind of make sense because that sounds like I mean I have not listened to it in a long time but in my recollection of it is like a quintessential 80s song to me sure it's got and that does not sound like this yeah. yeah but also I clicked through and what really distracted me was how sick the album cover is for that album oh, yeah. cloud nine it's oh yeah truly something it is a beautiful album cover. The Listen, sunglasses. Give that a Google, listeners, if you're not familiar. Yeah, yeah, it's a good cover. That's like a, and if I remember correctly, he's got a shirt that would fit in with, a, like, it's a Dan Flash's level shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, it really is. Like that would yeah, be one of the higher end items. For sure. <laughs> Dan Flash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. George Harrison could afford that shirt. Well, maybe yeah, not oh, after the true. lawsuit. The, uh, after he lost all that My Sweet Love money. The, yeah. Yeah. Before then, he could have afforded any shirt at Dan Flash's. Now it's just Phil Spector. Yeah, Phil Spector. He looks through the window, sees Phil Spector piling up those shirts. That should be my $2,000 shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, you said... Sorry, go ahead, Ramsey. I I had to say what I was about to say. Don't think so. Go on. (laughs) This is the title track. Oh, Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, what I was going to say is, so My Sweet Lord is the most, on Spotify, the most played track mm-hmm. of all of these, obviously. Sure. What do you think is the second most played? I'd probably say What is Life. 
Let's see. Yes. G good job. Picture all those people. Because <laughs> all those people like, trying to put their Goodfellas playlists together. Uh, and, like, oh. In, when he's driving in the car and all gacked out of his gourd. And he's like looking up at the helicopter flying overhead. That's one of the songs that's playing when in Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah, then everything else is, there's like a big clump in the middle between like 15 and 25 mm -hmm. million. Just a casual sure. yeah, just a, amount of just 25 amount of plays. Million. Yeah. <laughs> what, let's guess what the worst one is. Can you see? Is, yeah. Is it thanks I for can. the pepperoni? Let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go, I remember Jeep. Okay. Uh, it's... Thanks for the pepperoni, but not by much. Uh, it's the the least played one. It's under a million, which actually is mm -hmm. kind of surprising. What is mm -hmm. thanks for the pepperoni, and then out of the blue, mm -hmm. and then I remember Jeep. Okay. So that all of these ones that I'm saying are basically the third mm -hmm. album, or right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you know why I guessed thanks for the pepperoni, Ramsey? It's a very, very strategic question. It's the <laughs> last one on the ah. record. And I figure people would have just been like, yeah, I'm out. I, I got it. I got like, it, George. Like halfway through, I remember Jeep. They're like, yeah, I'm done with this record. <laughs> I don't know. What... Is I remember Jeep about a car? <laughs> it's just jamming. It's, it really is like the the third album is, is pretty inessential. And it's just kind of like a, a goof. For those guys right. to have a fun just jam. Sure. And I realize, obviously, this way predates it, but I feel like Thanks for the Pepperoni to me sounds like a fish song title. <laughs> oh. Yeah, maybe they invented fish. Yeah, maybe. Like that. Uh, I yeah. mean, I feel like the Beatles individually are definitely to blame for a lot of bad bands we have. I but would say them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> they can't take, you got to take the good with the bad there. <laughs> Uh, Tom, you have a talent for coming up with fake Zappa titles. I mm -hmm. feel like Thanks for the Pepperoni is not quite there, no. but in that realm. Thanks for the Pepperoni is very close to a bad Frank Zappa <laughs> song title. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> One of the many things I'm proud of in 2021. See, I feel like... My dad is a, was a big Frank Zappa fan, so I feel like I do. Oh, I might know I more. Don't Frank. Think I knew that. Oh my god, yeah. My the main things I associate with my dad are like the music he loved were as Frank Zappa and Warren Zevon. So don't know. Excitable Boy is one of the earliest songs I remember in my childhood. Okay. <laughs> don't Did he really play a song and then make you guess which of the five hundred albums it came from. No, no, we didn't do album, just artists. <laughs> It's not that sadistic. My dad likes me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You were Ramsey. I just want to thank you for being so nice to me with your nice words about my book. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very sweet not at all. with with the sincere, positive things. It was very nice. Yeah. Well, that's very kind of you to say, but it, I <laughs> really did. Uh, I'm a slow reader, and. <laughs> I, I've 
flew through this thing. I, I loved it so much oh, and just couldn't you. do anything else. When people say that, it makes me think I wrote the simplest book that's ever been written. <laughs> people, some people are like, yeah, I haven't read a book in 15 years. I read yours in one day. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should have tried harder I, or something. I, I, I wrote like I a, guess I should, a Dr. I should Seuss clarify. book or something. <laughs> like, like people are like I read. It takes me a year to read a magazine. I read your book in uh, two hours. <laughs> like, okay, wow. Uh, it's. <laughs> Well, now I feel like an idiot that it took me two days. <laughs> no, no. Two days is the upper register. Yeah. You might, you, it's, no, it's very Well, this sweet. was, it was nonstop reading. Mm-hmm. I just put on a co- pot of coffee. Sure. I had my dictionary next to me. Yeah. You get to <laughs> bring the book in and people always put that pot of coffee on. Like in movies when they're always like, fine, I'll put some coffee on. When like they show up at the front door late at night. It's like. Can I come in? I'll put on some coffee. So, sure I would I'm... literally never. If someone showed up at my house late at night, I'd be like, here, do you want some water? Also, please leave. Yeah. Like, I do not want you here. Yeah. I would not make them coffee. No, I'd be like, well, there's Seven Eleven, like four blocks away. You can yeah, go there's there a bodega on the on corner. Back. They're open. You can come <laughs> back with some stuff. No. Tom, you've been doing an online book tour for the book i have a question about the questions you've been getting Uh i'm just curious have a ton of people been asking about cheating in the secret santa yeah everybody wants there's two questions everybody asks what was the name of my shop teacher which i'm not going to tell anybody (laughs) and because i had a shop teacher who basically in high school he got drunk at school and then I, I got to be in a classroom with a drunk teacher, which was still <laughs> top five highlights of my entire life. Um, and they also want to know, because I say at one point, I, w- I explained how I cheated at Secret Santa with my family. And um, I was going to, me- it's, it's kind of like the only loose end in the book. I had meant to write more about it. And then I was like, well, I'll just tease it for another thing and then I kind of didn't and it was, I left it as this kind of like uh, as this unanswered question but yeah the way I cheated at Secret Santa was my, my at one point my family decided like oh the family's getting bigger Christmas is just too unwieldy for everybody I have to buy gifts for everybody so for the extended family you just draw a name and that's the you get them a nice one nice thing so yep but me, being me, with my <laughs> numerous defects, uh, mental, uh, emotional, uh, psychological, all these problems added up to a moment in my head where I said, well, this is a perfect opportunity for me to not participate in this, and I am going to watch this. It was like, so what I did was, because I hate getting presents from relatives. It's just a thing. I'm really bad at it. And I'm bad at... I'm just just bad at getting them for relatives also. So my big plan was... They passed around little pieces of paper. It would be on like Thanksgiving. They'd pass around... Write your name on the piece of paper. And then put it in the hat. So what I would do is like I wrote... 
my name on the piece of paper and then I like put it under my thumb, pretended to throw it in the hat. <laughs> and then when it's like, all right, now pass the hat around, draw a name from the hat. And I just reach back in with my thumb folded with it and I pull it out and nobody's paying attention. First of all, they can't know who it is because it's a secret Santa. What am I supposed to say? Right. I got Uncle John. <laughs> like you don't say that because it's not a secret anymore. Right. Yeah. So it was my secret. It was like a secret within the secret is that I drew myself and I just go buy myself something <laughs> and then go buy a book or a record or something. And then on Christmas, nobody's paying attention. It's a madhouse. Everybody's opening presents at the same time. And I would just kind of skulk off into the corner, hope nobody looked at me <laughs> while I was doing it. I did it for years. I did it. And it's really <laughs> pathetic. And it's something I'm... I, I, I don't know if there's anything that I am as simultaneously ashamed and proud of yeah. as I am of that. Sure. Yeah. I I love it. I'm going to introduce the Secret Santa to my family <laughs> uh-huh. in an effort to uh, mm-hmm. steal, steal your masterful move here. I love it. Yeah. Really? No. But your family is small. They would notice. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> And when I say family, I mean my, my, like, birth family, not my family at the airport with the, in the club. I mean, I, they are no. family also, but they're not, they're not that kind of family. No, but everyone in the lounge is wealthy enough to buy their gifts for themselves, so it's fine. Yes. You don't have to, we don't have to no. do Secret Santa mm-hmm. in the lounge. Yeah, no, no. We'll, no. We, someday, Ramsey, you'll get there. <laughs> do, you'll get Do there. they ever... Is there like a plus one for lounges? Oh lounges? yeah, there is. Yeah, you can bring a guest okay. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. Just wondering. You, for when we go on our world world podcast tour, you think you're gonna hop on my my lounge plus one? Mm-hmm. Might be nice. <laughs> one time I had that. I was at the airport and I saw somebody I knew, and um, and they were going to on their flight. Not the, I think they were on the same flight as me. And then I was just like going to the lounge. And then I was just like, come on into the lounge with me. What a move. Yeah. I don't really like traveling with other people. I really prefer to travel by myself because oh, I, yeah. probably because I'm unhinged, but I'm just like, I've really, there, were also, there was also a period of time where I was flying like once a month for work. So I feel mm-hmm. like I just really have my system down and I do not want anyone to fuck with it because I do not like being in the airport. I don't want to travel with other people. Yeah. Oh, look, I got as far as away from this guy as I could once I was in the lounge. <laughs> I was like, you go that way. I'm going this way. Yeah. Just consider the gift of being in here enough of an exchange between yes. us. We don't have to potentially become better friends in here. I'm going to sit in this corner alone Boy, the more I talk out loud, the less I like myself. Well, I'm really not a great person. You got him into the lounge. That's pretty. I might have avoided that altogether. You're right. (laughs) It's very generous. Heather, does this song sound familiar? No, this one doesn't. That's interesting. Should I know this? It was on the album earlier. Oh, shit. It's a different version of it. Okay, we, oh, it literally says version two. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and skip to the next one. Wait, was it on the original one, or that's just this weird remastered version on Spotify? No, that's, it's like, it's like, 
they recorded two versions of it and they bookended the record with it more or less because it's like two very different versions of the same song i don't like that <laughs> it's already a very long record, album the flow but look <laughs> back then you sit back you roll a jerk right <laughs> sure you listen to your george harrison album yeah if anything, you're being economical by only listening to two of the three albums on it. Seems like you got somewhere to be. Yeah. Oh, and you only... played me an album where they did a medley of the entire album at the end. Yeah, but I hated that. I didn't like well, it. What album was that? <laughs> Oi. Uh, it was this band called Cartel who did a... They were on MTV doing a little show literally little i think it was maybe two seasons called band in the bubble where they literally made them live in a glass dome which i think was on i don't know it was on some pier in manhattan and you could go watch them real world style Mm -hmm. living in this dome recording an album but it was also a television show um horrible premise didn't do well uh but they also recorded an album and they have a song at the end where it's just a medley of all the previous songs as though they are in a musical. It is very odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's up there in terms of odd <laughs> choices. Very weird. Not great. Not great. Might have been that bubble got to them. Yeah. Right. Also, we- the bubble w- was sponsored by Dr. Pepper. I'm 90% sure. <laughs> yeah. It filled the bubble with Dr. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then also at some point when I'm... I don't think this, what I sound, what I'm about to say feels like a memory that I've implanted in my own brain, but I'm pretty sure it's real. At some point when they were living in this bubble, a hurricane happened and it like broke glass on this glass bubble that they were living in on a pier in Manhattan. Wow. Don't know. I can't, I can't actually tell you if that's real or not, but in my brain that did happen. It sounds like a fantastic season ender for Band in a Bubble. Yeah. In my recollection, they then ran outside and were like, we're free. But again, I truly can't tell you if these are real memories or not. We're free. Like, we're free from the bubble. But but now we're also in a hurricane. I don't know. Also, you're on a pier. Like, that's a far walk to the train if you're in Manhattan on a pier. Yeah. See the band crossing the West Side Highway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where you gonna walk? Where you walk north, Chelsea Piers? I don't yeah. know. Stuck over at Chelsea. Yeah, They're trying not to get hit. <laughs> Carrying their keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped my keyboard. The truck I never just watched ran this. my keyboard over. <laughs> I never watched this season, but it was one of my favorite things when I learned that when they did Real World Brooklyn, they made them live in Red Hook, which like. For people that don't live in New York, there is no trains there. (laughs) One of the hardest places to get to in Brooklyn. There's no public transportation. Mm -hmm. It is not a commutable neighborhood. And they were just like, here, you now live in a warehouse on, again, a pier Mm -hmm. in Red Hook. So Remember when Puff Daddy, speaking of him again, when he had making the band and he made that group the band walk to Juniors to buy him cheesecake? And he made them. I walk do across, remember that. He made them walk across the what the bridge? bridge yeah, right? Yeah. They had to just do Puff Daddy's errands. Sometimes he was like, "This is a test." <laughs> yeah, a test to walk to Brooklyn. Yeah. 
of the least talented humans in the history of humanity, Puff Daddy. He's like, you guys got to make sure you got what it takes. It's like, do you have what it takes? I'm going to start putting your catalog under the microscope. Your Godzilla song? Yeah. Godzilla song. Sure, the Godzilla song's great. (laughs) We all love the Godzilla song. But also, he didn't write it, Led Zeppelin did. Yeah. We also love, sure, we like Mo Money, Mo Problems. That's a good song. That is a good song. It's like, all right, look. You're okay. Maybe you're not the least talented person. You make people walk. Also, do you want to eat some cheesecake to somebody I carried for two hours back to Midtown Manhattan? Like... Oh, this nice sweaty cheesecake. Like, <laughs> like cheesecake's not supposed to be outside for that long. No. <laughs> no. Cheesecake was... sweats. Definitely. I don't really like cheesecake that much, so this also feels like a real, like, very extra gross to me. Yeah. I, I, what skill for a band is being tested here? Your dedication. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, all I can say, if you gotta ask... There's a reason why you don't know what the lounge looks like. Oh, man. There's a reason. Some of us have figuratively or literally carried cheesecake in our lives. <laughs> Ramsey. And that's why we don't just look at our lowly green American Express card. Yeah. Unless you have one that's even a different color. Yours might be orange. Some weird I, orange I, American Express card. Oh no! Is it the is it the clear one? It is not the clear one. <laughs> okay, okay. I got rid of the clear one. Okay. I, I will say that the the lady is not in the center and mm-hmm. is kind of like off off kilter. So like that may be part of it. You sure that's an American Express card? The lady's off uh, center. Sounds like you got a weird bootleg American Express card. <laughs> There's X or there's, is it like three X's? Are you sure you're not like some weird Pornhub credit card <laughs> or something? Am I sure? I am not sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not. Because <laughs> what is happening on this well, song? Well, this is when the record's is... basically over now. Yeah, we can we can do like a sampling of... Okay. Because this is stressing me out right now. Okay. Whew. Like, Mm-hmm. Okay, this is Plug Me In. Mm-hmm. Just to give you a feel for what the Apple Jam okay. is like. There's been a lot of jamming on this podcast l- lately. <laughs> Let's try the next one, Heather. I remember Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> what, is this, what is this song title? We need to put something on the back of this album. Yeah. They gotta be called something. Oh, Eric Clapton's dog's name was Jeep. Okay. Okay. It's another in the lineage of Beatles dog songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. It makes me like it a little more because I love dogs, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think we got to get to the pepperoni. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and this was a line from a Lenny Bruce thing. Okay, I understand now. Did not know that. I learned that today. Well, 
the song sounds as funny as Lenny Bruce. I think we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Wait. So, in an interview, Harrison said, for the jams, I didn't want to just throw them in the cupboard, and yet at the same time, it wasn't exactly part of the record. That's fine. But I don't know why the idea of throwing them in the cupboard is more funny to me than throwing them anywhere else. Yeah. The cupboard. <laughs> cupboard. Mm-hmm. The idea of putting demos on a reissue when this made the album is intriguing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, Heather, I think we could. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The last track, right? I think we can. Yes. Well, we did it. Um, we did it. I mean, I've already categorized this as a Sunday morning album for me, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Ramsey, how was this for you on what I assume is a re listen? For sure. Uh, still great. Still probably not going to play that last side all that often, but. No doesn't mean it's not good yet i i'm with tom that this is definitely if not the best easily top three beatles solo records unless we'll see what mccartney still has up his sleeve we don't know could top it and ringo don't count ringo out oh you're right you're right tom how is this for you this is so much fun this is great i i'm so glad i got to hear the record again i have not heard it in a while i did get the the box and I will listen to it, but now I will listen to it with a different context because <laughs> I listened to it with my friends. But you didn't get the box made from trees from George Harrison's I will not property. Get that box. that <laughs> okay, one I can checking. pretty much no. guarantee right now. Great. <laughs> no seems seems like you're just inviting more junk into your home and that seems unnecessary. Oh, yeah. no, absolutely. Well, Tom, well, thank, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. This is a true blast and i had such fun and i appreciate you being so kind to me (laughs) and when i say it like that it sounds like i was so sarcastic but i really wasn't it's like i appreciate you being so kind to me boy what did we do to him you you put your index finger up to your your cheek yes yeah no this was this was great tom and i you your book is so good and i really everybody out there needs to get it you're a ding dong as heather said earlier (laughs) if you don't just like george harrison they counted me out but i dug deep and i dropped it on them ramsey i dropped it on them and they can't now they just all gotta eat it because the person (laughs) they wanted to fail did better than any of them will ever do Oh, I gotta stop thinking like this. This is gonna <laughs> not be a great night if this is. Yeah, what I want to know who the. Out. I want to know who the list of your. Beatles oh, do you are, want but... the list? <laughs> <laughs> next episode, I'm coming back next time. Just a list, no albums, just the list of <laughs> just the list of non-believers. Name by name. That'll be a full that that podcast episode will be a full diss track. <laughs> full, yes. <laughs> Thank you again, and. A triple album on top of that. I, I can't. Yes. Your fortitude. Uh-huh. I respect. Uh-huh. Our first ever triple album. There you go. Yep. And last. <laughs> Probably, because yeah. there's not that many, as we discussed. No. <laughs> uh, Tom, uh, I, anything you want to plug in addition to no, your wonderful just, book? Just the, the book. It never ends. It's out now, and I'm very proud of it. And every week I do two shows. I do the best show every Tuesday night. 
like I've been doing for 800 years. And then <laughs> I do a show with Julie Klausner. It comes out on Mondays called Double Threat on the Forever Dog Network. And it's so much fun to do. And I have so much fun with Julie. And that's it. Heather, how about you? Find me at Heather Shea, S-H-A-E. How about you, Ramsey? You can find me at Ramsey, E-S-S. Go to our website, if you're listening.com. Sign up for our Patreon. Don't be a ding-dong. Uh, get the book, then the Patreon. Uh, and yep. leave us a review on iTunes. Do that. Great. That's Bye. it. Bye. Bye.